Welcome back to I Love That For You, the podcast that celebrates the late bloomers and trailblazers of all walks of life. I'm Kelly. And I'm Red. And Red, how appropriate that I just got back from my, what do we want to call this? My pre-honeymoon? <laughs> Question mark? And it's yeah. a travel episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have to kind of go into that story a little bit because, honey, you went through the ringer. Um, Let me tell you guys. So uh-huh. I wrote a substack on this because it was therapeutic. And here is my abridged version. Uh, we didn't make it to Bora Bora <laughs> for the honeymoon instead we kind of majorly pivoted and we took a a literal pre-honeymoon uh seat of our pants planned in all of 20 minutes improvised week-long getaway to Kauai. so what happened you ask well yes uh, (laughs) valid question uh so it's the tuesday that we were supposed to leave right and we're packing and you know we probably should have done this shit like maybe a week or so before not the day of but regardless we're packing we're gathering passports and i bet you can see where we're going with this uh sean couldn't find his passport (laughs) but you know there's there's no need to panic right like it's gonna turn up it always does so we did what any other normal person would do and we tore the house and the cars apart in that shit crazy ways that would make absolutely no sense <laughs> in any other situation like looking in the pantry in the fridge like in the garbage can like what? just the but weirdest the back you never know where something could have fallen you never know like and at a certain point when it's not showing up in very normal places all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like okay well maybe it did just get up and walk somewhere it now just walked I have away to check like <laughs> It's like the the bill on Capitol Hill. It just walked up and had legs and became an actual thing. Yeah. So it's walking the writer's strike right now. Yes. I I think I may have went to Disney at one point to check, you know, but uh, so we're panicking. It's been hours and nothing. We've torn the entire house and cars apart. So panic is slowly seeping in. So. To get the ball rolling on possibly getting a temporary passport, which I don't think is even a thing, but I read somewhere on a Reddit thread, which is a great sign, if I'm believing a Reddit thread, (laughs) that you could do that. Yeah. Right. It's like going to WebMD when you have like a cough. And so it's like, oh, I have, you know. Cancer. It's always cancer. It's Everything leads to cancer when you uh, you Google. <laughs> it's never lupus, but always cancer. <laughs> always, always cancer. So we, you know, Sean's responsible. He, you know, does the government thing. He reports it lost. And guess, guess what, Red? Do you know what happened next? I do. <laughs> we found the passport. But guess what? When you report your passport lost. There's no going back. Your passport is null and void. Uh, So it was bye-bye, Bora Bora. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I will say before I go into what we learned from this whole extravaganza was the silver lining is we're still going to go, but we're going in December, Mm -hmm. uh, which is over Christmas, which I think is actually summertime for them, and it's off-season. So, you know, the good news the crowds are going to be far less. The prices are going to be cheaper. Just the weather is going to be unpredictable. And I think I might need a shot for malaria. I don't know. 
<laughs> mosquitoes will be abundant. But you know what? We didn't want to lose out. We we couldn't we couldn't get a refund. So uh, and I wanted to go to fucking Bora Bora. So we're going to fucking Bora Bora Red. We're gonna go <laughs> to that overwater hut, whether it kills me. And nearly it nearly did because that was the most stressful day in recent history. And I've had many stressful days, as you know. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to be like the, you know, innocent bison. You're like, have a great trip, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I get these messages like, ah! Pretty I much. I felt so bad for you because you were no! in like my, my war path. And I, I was trying to be like not a raging bitch, but I probably took some out on no, you. No, 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 no. You definitely <laughs> okay. weren't raging. I understand the panic in that moment. I just happened to message you because yeah. obviously with everything with the podcast, we had been planning things in advance because you're going to be gone for like two weeks right or yeah like almost. a week and week and some change yeah uh because right. Bora Bora ain't cheap people I'll tell you so that yeah. I'm stealing myself to like man the fort on my own right and I'm planning everything and I'm just like but I'm trying to reassure you like I got this don't worry and then you're like oh I'm worrying because <laughs> I don't got this <laughs> Right. So, and I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. So what happened was, here are my yeah. lessons uh, that kind of will sum up the trip because who wants to hear all the, all the details? Nobody. But so number one, don't report your passport lost like ever, even if it <laughs> fell in a sewer in front of your very eyes, because you just never know. The State Department is brutal and does not fuck around. So I would also less- say, like, the clown it might hand it back to you. It'll rip <laughs> your arm off, but it's still worth it. <laughs> I should have checked that, too, you know? I'm surprised I didn't. That right? I was so desperate I should have checked the sewer. <laughs> yeah. Number two, life continues to be what happens when you make other plans. And I continue to forget this, Red, even on my supposed honeymoon. Mm-hmm. So we know this. <laughs> we know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Number three, uh... Have friends with condos in tropical places? Question mark because that's how we saved the day, or Sean did, I should say. His friend just so happened to have a condo out in Kauai, and it just so happened to not be Airbnb for like five of the like seven days we were gonna go. So it was kind of fate. So thank you, Jeff, if you're listening. You saved the day, and he like lent us a car. It was like a honeymoon wedding present of our dreams thank you Jeff, uh, like the man he uh, was oh jeff yeah, you're the best thank you for thank stepping you. in right there and Seriously. also um what was i gonna say the i mean it's kind of as though the fates were kind of like let's give her two honeymoons we'll give her the mini Seriously. one and then we'll get the big Seriously. one because god bless sean he knew i needed a fucking break and if we didn't go anywhere i would probably it would not be pretty <laughs> So thank you, Sean and Jeff, for making that happen for me. Uh, number four, people, wear sunscreen in the open ocean. Because if you <laughs> want to check out this little ditty uh, on Sean's Instagram, he got a second degree sunburn. It was brutal red. It looked like a, a, like a X-Men like or a lizard. Mm-hmm. Like it was just molting and bubbling and scabbing. And it was... Oh, my God. Poor thing. Because we were on this, like, pirate boat tour on the Napoli coast uh, and just getting wet, but also no sunscreen for four and a half hours. <laughs> and, you know, his shirt's off. So poor Sean. Uh, it's oh, finally now, thing. two weeks later or so, just getting back to normal. 
I yeah. mean, if you go and listen to the albinism episode, uh, I definitely know about that whole sunscreen life. So I've yes, had some too. of those burns and oh, no. oh, the pain of that. And also just like, not only the pain, the look of it too, of just seeing like, you're like, oh, okay. My skin is cooking. Seriously. Um, <laughs> and I felt terrible because I kept looking at it and just making like loud guttural sounds and like freaking Sean out. But it just was really alarming. Like it just looked it looked like, yeah, like a, a, a super villain, like molting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just crazy. Um, so, Molt man. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> he came out of his cocoon and now he's a butterfly again. So that's I good. do think he is a kind of hero, but I, I would yeah. not normally put him in that no. kind of title for his superhero power but you know what he will surprise you (laughs) yes yes, he definitely will so number five you will lose at least five instagram followers when you post pics and stories of your vacation Mm. (laughs) guaranteed i noticed as i was doing it like my instagram followers going down and i only know the number because i just like crossed over like a thousand finally so it's very like every follower counts Right. So you, I just saw sudden. the dwindling down. I'm like, okay, I get it. I'll stop sharing. <laughs> so, yeah, I like so. seeing it to be honest. But Thank yeah, you. the whole thing of just like, well, people are probably not in a good place right now. Well, no. and also myself included. Really, <laughs> uh, well, but we're also going to talk about really, really quick. Just um, obviously, at the time, weren't aware of the things going on in Maui. So um, right. if anybody gets right. a chance to. Uh, do any kind of support with the Maui Wildlife Relief or any ways to just reach out and help with the wildfires going on. Um, the link the in the show recording. notes. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have that for people. Um, obviously, it wasn't an intention of something like that. There was right. a lot of things happening for Kelly. So absolutely. Yeah, I felt conflicted. Um, and we actually asked Jeff and he said, no, they actually they need the, the tourism dollars like the whole island chain. Um, and it was but it was devastating because we did stop in Maui Airport on the way and we got engaged in Maui. So Maui, we've been to that west side of Maui like it's tragic. Um, and we heard some stories of people that, you know, we tangentially know who like lost everything um so please look in the show notes and donate if you can anything helps so depressing note but it's the reality but now going back to the list so don't forget to actually relax on vacation red (laughs) by the end (laughs) i was so exhausted from all the adventuring we did like Mm -hmm. my god we were like you know tubing down mountains and snorkeling and you know doing uh running every day obviously uh boat tours um just like chill out and sit the fuck down (laughs) just go get a drink (laughs) i will say having gone to your bachelorette i am aware of your (laughs) almost energizer bunny level of just go 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 oh i just want to go see everything which totally understandable like that's a big thing with travel but also part of that especially this and having experienced the stress you did i can totally understand why there came a point where you were just like why am i not relaxed at this moment why am so I even more tired than when I was? <laughs> I was so exhausted. Right? Like we went on this treacherous hike on the Napoli coast and we ran before that. And it's like, are we here to relax or are we here to like lose weight evidently? Because <laughs> we just kept <laughs> exercising. Like, my God. So in Bora Bora, we intend to just sit the fuck down with a tiki drink on a beach. <laughs> mm. See, that'll Which be really amazing. nice. And yeah. it'll be, you know, like you said, it's the off season, so yeah. you get more drinks. 
Absolutely. That's I how will. it works. <laughs> it's going to be glorious. Real quick. So island roosters are the bane of my existence and a personal attack to me. I've been up for hours. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> they're everywhere, Red. On Kauai and, and, and just Hawaii, they're everywhere because they have no predators. We're and recording things- a little bit later um, than we normally do. So I actually have a drink and I almost had it come out my nose. <laughs> you, you might have heard the little snuffling over here as I was trying to hold back. As you said that, because I was not anticipating that. <laughs> yep, I'm telling you. And they were adorable, and there's uh, so many of them. But dear God, they're, they fucking woke me up, uh, even when I was up, and I just got angry every time I saw them. <laughs> I just saw them as a personal <laughs> attack. <laughs> so fuck you, roosters. Thank you very much. A regular goat yoga practice for all oh. would prevent wars. I did I'm goat so yoga. Jealous. That was I've wanted to do that for everything. so long. I think in another life, or maybe now, you know, this one, I should just start a goat yoga practice because I was so happy. It was so fun. And they I would think like. You found your new gig. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I would not. Anybody who does goat yoga or knows a goat yoga place, please let me know. I'm so down. Like, <laughs> they were so cute. They would like shit on like people's mats, including like Sean. They would like just. just <laughs> and shit anywhere like no awareness of space just sit right in front of you while you're trying to do yoga. <laughs> they were just chaotic and it was glorious and i was so happy oh uh even shit tiki drinks taste better on an island of course <laughs> there were a lot of shit tiki drinks but you know what in front of an ocean with my loved one it was everything and last this was a sincere one but we were uh we were going on a bus with a bunch of like 20 somethings to a high. I don't, I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher this name. It's like Hyena State Park. Um, and I guess a local man in town had given them like some wooden bead bracelets and told them every time they looked at this bracelet um, to think of the saying, um, life is for sharing, not comparing. And to think of that every time they look at this bracelet now that they had like shared that moment together and I didn't even get that bracelet and I wasn't even there, but it like stuck with me. So I want to just say thank you, Sean, for making lemonade out of this shit situation (laughs) and we shall not compare this trip to Bora Bora. We are just happy to make some amazing fun memories with you and Kauai was dope and yeah, so that was my roundup of my Aww. pre-honeymoon trip at the last minute to Kauai. But yes. I love that. Aww. I love that for both yeah. of you. Like, I, obviously, it's not the dream situation to happen, but no. the fact that you guys can navigate that and do it in a way that's still fun, still able to, you know, come around and enjoy Absolutely. each other's company. I mean, not to lie, reset. that sounds like a good start to a marriage I to think me. so. I think so. And, you know, we had already been there for my brother's wedding last year, but we got to do all the things that we didn't um, before and just just the two of us this time and not like the family. So Mm -hmm. it was really special. Um, So I always think of there's this one there was this, I don't know, YouTube video or something like that of Bill Murray. Um, He had like crashed this like bachelor party or something like that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Known to do that. (laughs) Right. Well, also, I mean, there's the whole no one will ever believe you the bill murray stories right um but this one i really love this quote he said in it where he they're saying oh what do you have for like you know marriage advice someone getting married all that and he said 
travel to a really difficult area. Just try to like, you know, somewhere that's not easy to get to. You really have to like fight your way to get there and learn to work together and all these other things. And if by the time you get back, you still want to get married, get married at the airport. I just, <laughs> I love that story. And I've watched the clip and it's just, just a bunch of drunken bros with Bill Murray. Oh but my God. Wait, I, I need to see that this. story and just about how, you know, and that was a situation you guys got into and it was not easy. And no, you know, <laughs> I mean, granted, you already had the wedding, so you did not True. get married at the airport. Yeah, there was only but... a divorce that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this shows that I don't think that's going to be the no, case. No, of course not. No, no, no. I'm glad that we did it. We got we got a bonus trip. They can't. Com- I can't complain, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but that being said, Red, this is the travel episode. And before mm-hmm. we go into our our late bloomer trailblazer, uh, I wanted to ask you what is your experience with travel adventure any fun stories and you never are short on the stories red but i know you studied <laughs> i know you studied abroad uh, mm-hmm. just tell me about the countries and the people and the places and the adventures uh, yeah. anything that sticks out to you well i've been very very fortunate where i've been able to kind of um i've done a horrible thing of just constantly moving instead of traveling. Um, (laughs) I don't have to pick up my bags and go every time. Um, Still haven't learned my lesson about to leave the country again. Um, (laughs) But I will say besides the cross country road trip I did to move to LA where I was on the road for like six weeks, I want to say. Wow. Yeah. Going out to LA and just stopping um, in different parts of the area because the US is so diverse. I've never done that before. I'm so jealous. It was so fun. And it really helped give me perspective on all different parts of the country and like how big this country is. I mean, yeah, keep in mind, I grew up in Rhode Island. Right. Um, So going through Texas. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you I was going to say, which way did you go? Did you go like the south route? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I would say other than that, another big trip for me was definitely going and I went to the University of Limerick and I lived there for like six, five or six months. And yeah, um, turns out the Irish don't believe in taking attendance really or (laughs) giving people homework. It's all about like these papers. And so you go and you go to the lecture and you take notes. Um, but you had a lot of free time compared to over here. Uh, so then I just was going around Europe. Um, Ryanair, I was using that. Yeah, um, know it well. Because, yep. uh, yeah, that is um, very oh inexpensive airfare, very. but there's it's, a reason for it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, and I, I was very, very lucky that in the time I was there, not only did I go around Ireland, um, so I also went to Amsterdam and Paris and... Um, Notice how my voice suddenly gets a little fancier. As I know, I was going to say, you got all yeah. sexy and romantic. I know. Um, <laughs> well, because also I have such good memories at each of these places. And I learned so much by going and being exposed to the different cultures. And um, I'm terrible at French. Um, also, do not try to use Spanish in Italy because things will not translate the same. They are oh, romantic no. languages, but they oh. It was so funny. I tried to get us, my friend and I, who I was traveling with, we tried to get a room that had two separate beds, but we wanted to be together in the same room, just the two of us. 
And somehow by saying it in Spanish, the way it translated over to Italian was that we wanted two beds in one room together. So they like pushed the two beds together and put one big sheet over both of them. And my friend was like, how did you even manage this? And I have no idea. My and, God. and then playing drinking games with the other international students while you're there. Um, the Irish did not like beer pong because you might spill the beer. Because uh, we were playing like, <laughs> you know, the old way. Um, these were just my experiences with, I know that's a stereotype. So before the Irish listeners get mad at me. Yeah, right. Was, just some of the students who were playing the old school way where you actually, you know, had beer, not water in the cups. Right. Um, and That's the only proper way, in my opinion, <laughs> you're not doing that. You're not doing it right. <laughs> right. Well, also, then it was um, trying to explain during King's Cup, the little green man rule yep. to the French. Yeah. Uh, we had some French students and they were like, there's a man in my drink. And they were like, no, um, <laughs> how do we, but it just was so interesting. And I actually recommend if you ever want like a comedic look at like just travel and um, the different experiences from different cultures. I love this one essay by David Sedaris called Six yep. to Eight Black Men. And you're going to say oh. that. Yeah, oh, I love David Sedaris. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the best. <laughs> if you get a chance to read it, you'll be dying laughing as he talks about the different Christmas traditions around yep. the globe and Santa doesn't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good. Um, but yeah, so I've been very, very, very lucky in that I've been able to travel as much as I have and move around the world as much as I have and um, still keep moving. I am so tired. Um, <laughs> Did you have any international uh, experiences? Oh, ha ha. Oh, are we talking romances? We're talking some romance, Red. Oh, actually, there was this one. And I mean, he's kind of like this one that got away. Uh, oh, it was so funny. And one night, no, 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 we're not going there. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what happened, he was studying, I, I think his name was Niles. And he was Irish, but he was studying in Prague, I think. And he came back to visit all his buddies. We were all at the pub. And I I had a very complicated relationship going on with my ex at the time. And I was really annoyed with him. So I wanted to take it out on somebody. And here's this hot Irish guy who comes into the pub. And he's just like, starts kind of like messing with me a little bit, like teasing. And then one night we go from really just not liking each other to then joking around to then suddenly being very into each other like that's how my friends were all like looking at us like yeah. we just, did we just get a rom-com like within no. like <laughs> like one night and it was just this whole like it was building to something and, I, and at the time I was very inexperienced with a lot of like dating and right. um, romance and all that so I was leaving the pub and then he was like Hey, Red, you forgot something. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I probably forgot my wallet. I'm an idiot. And I come back and he just took me and he dipped me and he <gasps> kissed me. No, this and is a rom-com. And he went to have a great night. And I just <gasps> fell. Uh, I mean, what? I didn't fall. I he just had swooned. me. So. <laughs> I just swooned. Red, and that's a he, I know. And he asked me to go take a walk by the River Shannon the next day. Oh, and my Sorry God. also for this butchering of an Irish accent. But um, <laughs> but I said no because I, 
I was so confused at that point. And all I wanted to do was just stay focused on Ireland and Europe and what I was doing. And also I was getting annoying messages from my ex and, um, yeah. I love that. So I let that go and I regret it to this day that I never really explored what happened there. I'm sure he's like married now and all this oh, other yeah. stuff, but, um, no, but I still have that little memory and it was definitely a lovely little romantic story, 20 years old. And that Aww. was such a great story. And I still, I hold it in very fond memories along with so many others, because I mean, the great thing about travel is just meeting so many different people from all walks of life, like our podcast, like what we like to do of finding people and connecting in that way. Absolutely. And before we go into it, I think I lived out your, uh, where you didn't finish. I, uh, I had a little thing in Budapest (laughs) and it was, uh, funny because (laughs) my dad and I went together we 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 did a whole trip like we did lots of trips to Europe together. Um, why wow. not? I know. And um, I went on a dating app. <laughs> and I matched with this guy in Budapest, and my what dad like dating well, app was in Budapest. I know. And, well, they they have all the apps, but this one was an old one. I think it was called like Happen, which is like oh, I think that's still around. Yeah. I guess it's Grinder for straight people. Yeah, uh, okay. kind of. Um, so yeah. I, was like okay bye dad i'm gonna go on a date <laughs> it could have very easily wow. turned into liam neeson <laughs> taken situation oh my god and your dad would like go all liam yeah. neeson on oh absolutely he walked me to the meeting point just to make sure he didn't look like he was gonna kill oh. me and uh my god he, my, dad like, never, my dad would never i still can't believe i did it i still can't believe i did it but uh we had a lovely night in the caves of budapest and uh he came over like five months later to la <laughs> right before i got together with sean and sean actually met him um so oh, whoa. yeah uh that was interesting timing wise <laughs> but just just the things that happen when you are abroad it's just like you become a different person and i don't know but i was young and dumb <laughs> Well, I will I say know. you either become a different person or you kind of realize the person that you are right? and whether or not you behave accordingly or. Apparently um... I want to get killed because <laughs> I did this again when I studied abroad in Istanbul. <laughs> With Where like, are you going? Like, you're going all over the place. I studied in London and, you know, did the whole, yeah, the the, the Paris, the Amsterdam, all that. But we went to Istanbul. Istanbul to Constantinople. Exactly. <laughs> and the guys in the hotel were kind of cute and they they wanted to go on a date and my friends and i did and it could have gone south (laughs) but we had a good night motto you know it you gotta do it for the story for the story and thankfully the story (laughs) was not i ended up in a suitcase somewhere (laughs) in like the river like i lived to tell the tale yeah we had a good time clubbing and it's between two countries like asia and europe istanbul so we may have went to asia i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to go clubbing for the night who knows but yeah just travel makes you a different person and, and you always come back like I love that like post travel feeling it's just like I'm gonna see the world again you know through rosy you know colored glasses but then like after uh, after time it wears off again and I just miss that you know I just you know travel makes you see things different and True. I guess and I, that's you know. and it's hard to explain too like 
unless you've kind of been there, like in that moment of experiencing it, it's hard to come back and be like, well, this happened and this happened. And you have all these stories, but it's still like, right. it doesn't do it justice. No, not at all. This is all to say our person of the day. Now, this person was actually a write-in from a listener. So thank you, Ooh. listener. You know who you are. And admittedly, it's a very well-known person that all the listeners, you can see it in the title as you're listening to this, but I don't know if Red here knows as we record this, but I challenge you to find me someone who would protest me highlighting this beloved trailblazer I'm about to talk about, and I'm talking about the late, the great, first and most influential celebrity chef, celebrated writer, and world-renowned travel adventurer, Anthony Bourdain. Oh my god, that's who it was. Okay, I honestly did not remember who, because this was written in, and then it got buried under other messages and emails, and so, and I feel like... Kelly may have deliberately done that to also hide it from me because she kept being like, I did you, you see it? Did it. you see it? I and thought I, you had. I was like, it's so obvious, isn't it? And you're like, no, I don't know who you're doing. <laughs> right. Well, because we've been very, like, we've had a couple people who have put in some suggestions, which we are listening to. And if anybody else has some other recommendations or suggestions of people we should highlight, please let us know because obviously we're listening. We want to do what you want yes. us to more of you I need like, to like participate. I'm telling you. I gotta say, Red, I don't know if it's the late taste of summer and I'm yelling at them now. You better fucking participate. Because <laughs> <laughs> we do this for you. We love you guys. Talk to us. We wanna we wanna like make a big room better. And now we're this talking to each other, but this is meant to be like yeah. you guys are technically also part of the conversation. We Absolutely. just can't hear you yet. We but listen you gotta, to you. We, right, we're doing it. You gotta talk to us. <laughs> Talk to us. Give us feedback. We can't. And then we end up with amazing people like Anthony Bourdain. Oh my god, I'm so excited because I know. Tell me about your experience with Anthony Bourdain. Everybody has an experience with Anthony Bourdain. Like, what is your impression of him? Like, just what's your experience with like all of his content? Like, what did you think of Anthony? Um. So first off, actually, briefly bumped into him. He was. At our old office building, there was a restaurant down below, and he was, he was there? coming out of there, and oh. I had to go to a meeting, so I didn't get to talk to him, but he, I saw Ooh. him, like, and some of my other colleagues who didn't have a meeting stayed, and they talked to him, oh, so I was very upset my. and very jealous, and I was like, okay, so he's around here, so I'll see him later, and then obviously, um, oh my god. It. Did they talk to him? But did they report back? Like, how was he? Yes, and they said he was, like, so, like, he was actually in a good mood, and, like, like, willing to like talk to them a little bit. And um, I've also done a, one of his recommended, I I think it was, I forget what it was called, but it was basically like a pub crawl, but in Venice. And I, he had all these, my cousin did it on her honeymoon and she sent me the link to his recommended like bar crawl, but it was all like Italian drinks that you had to try at all these different places. And I almost fell in the canal. Um, because that story? Of, well, because <laughs> some of the heads up, if you go to Venice, um, some of the archways just drop off. Uh, they used to be stairs, but obviously with the water rising, um, yep. no longer the case. And I almost took a dip. Thankfully, my friend was paying more attention and grabbed me by the back of my shirt <laughs> and like pulled me back. And was this the was, alcohol? Uh, <laughs> I mean, plus that, and there were all these cute Italian men like trying to flirt with us. And so um, 
it was one of my girlfriends, Lindsay, I doubt she's listening. Um, but we were two redheads running around Venice and just, you know, uh, living our best life. And we were out, um, we got to one of the, I believe it was a piazza. Um, basically we were just overlooking the water as the sunset, having just gone through this whole Anthony Bourdain bar crawl. And it was again, another magical moment. Oh, Anthony Bourdain. Like, I, I I wanted to be him. Like, that was literally, I wanted to be Anthony Bourdain growing up. Like, he was my idol. I, I, I just wanted to, like, his, his saying was be a traveler, not a tourist. So mm. I would take that with me anywhere I went, even if it was like the town over. Like, <laughs> I just uh, was so inspired by him. Like, he was really the first celebrity chef. And then obviously, he parlayed it into an amazing broadcast career, but he still sticks with me whenever I go anywhere. I, I'm kind of just like, what would Anthony do? And he would go to the places not on, you know, he'd go off the beaten path, obviously, like mm-hmm. to places you could never imagine. And like, to be fair, like we couldn't do that. We need a fixer and a camera crew to go to these places he would go to. But <laughs> just the sentiment of like, go to that back alley like bar with the locals you know like Mm -hmm. do the scary thing eat the weird food he was everything to me and his writing like you know as a writer was just just unparalleled like just visceral and descriptive and just beautiful he had this way of writing that was very like he was like the rebel he was kind of like a bad boy doing like the thing that was like not really considered like the whole like you wouldn't think like the culinary travel scene was like rebel bad boy but then he comes on to it and you're like oh yeah he he has that vibe (laughs) he he, i watched roadrunner again the other day the documentary it's on max if you guys want to see it but like he he liked the adventures of rin tin tin and he kind of wanted to live his life like that but uh like his heroes were rock stars and writers and the fact that they were anti-social but could still have adventures and then write and make something beautiful about it made it appealing to him so but let's go into let's go into his life because i'm getting ahead of it but yeah i just know everybody has uh their own thoughts on anthony he's so beloved and i'm still mad and sad and wish he was still here with us but um i know i mean we'll get to that (laughs) we'll get to that so yeah he was born in new york in 1956 his mom was gladys his father was pierre and the younger brother christopher and he kind of had an an easy childhood because mom was an editor at the new york times and his dad was an exec at columbia records oh wow they exposed him to like great music and film and literature but he kind of he still went off the rebellious streak and got into some shit but he really found his calling when they were on a family vacation in france when he tried his first oyster from a fisherman's boat that will change your life (laughs) it changed his life like that was what set him off so i knew i love seafood (laughs) yeah right (laughs) but in the meantime his interest in food was sparked but he rebelled like i said he got into trouble at school he began his you know, experimenting with drugs while still in his early teens. He got a place of Vassar, which had only recently begun to accept male students, but he dropped out after two years. He was doing kitchen work. And so mm-hmm. he transferred to CIA, Culinary Institute of America, and knew that was his path. So he, he graduated in 1978 and then started to work in the, the New York kitchens. So he worked at, you know, the Supper Club, One Fifth Avenue, 
Sullivan's. And then this is kind of where he really takes off. In 98, he became the executive chef at Razier Lahal. I'm going to butcher that name. <laughs> I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it, but it's based in Manhattan. And it, at the time, the brand had restaurants in Miami and DC and Tokyo. And he was an exec chef there for many years. And even when no longer formally employed there, he maintained a relationship with the restaurant, which, you know, he was their chef at large. And then as all restaurants do, it, it filed for bankruptcy later mm. in the 2010s, but he was gone before that. But all this to say, his time in the kitchen inspired him to write. And I think we all know what that was. He had submitted a piece to the New Yorker in 1999 called Don't Eat Before Reading This. And it was just like an expose on all the underground dirty shit that goes on behind closed doors. Like I always remember (laughs) not to buy fish on Sunday from this book. Um, (laughs) But it was, of course, the spark of it all to that article sparked Kitchen Confidential Adventures in the Culinary Underbelly, which was a 2000 New York Times bestseller. And I've read it and man, what a way with words again, like just my God. And it it really sparked his whole career from there. From that book was kind of the turning point because he began working with the television producer, Lydia Tanagala. I'm butchering all the names today, Red. He began working with the TV producer. We're talking about a food guy and travel. So butcher, yeah, yeah, we get it. Butchering a lot of names. So she reached out and it was just a collab that could not have been better timed. Like the Food Network TV channel was becoming more popular. The Travel Channel was becoming more popular. You know, broadcast quality video was now achievable. This is like in the 2000s. And so they took three people. So it was just Rodane and the husband and wife producing team. Uh, and they filmed a cook's tour, which was kind of a disaster in the beginning because nobody knew each other. Bourdain's naturally shy. No one really? knew what they were doing. Yeah, I he always was, find he was that surprising. Shy. Yeah, Because he's so gregarious when you see him on camera and everything. Right. And think. he was not, he was very, just everybody was unsure of what they were doing. They barely knew one another. He's very shy. So the, the first episode ever of Cook's Tour was filmed in Japan and it was really rough. Very alarming camera angles and dodgy cuts and continuity where it looked like the team had like run out of money or had to sleep off some vendor. Because <laughs> uh, Bourdain is a bit of a rock star, you know. He he's like Joe Strummer almost. Like he's just wearing like the sunglasses, the cap sleeve shirt, and he sometimes sweared and looked drunk, like just out on the on the shoot days. But so after that though, it went better and they went to Vietnam and that's when things kicked in and that's kind of the genesis of his whole broadcast career and from there it just took off into no reservations Mm. which I watched religiously oh Uh, same my brother was even more obsessed like oh he was his hero for that really Mm -hmm. it was everything that was my first like real introduction to him because i was probably too young to read kitchen confidential when it came out in 2000 but no reservations came out in july 2005 so i was in high school and my god oh and also there was a fox sitcom kitchen confidential which had bradley cooper in it fun fact (laughs) (laughs) so i i still don't watch this but i probably should it was very short-lived. That's a fun fact. But yeah, so that, I'll never forget that episode when they were in Beirut. I don't know if you saw that episode, but there was an Israel-Lebanon conflict that broke out unexpectedly after the crew had filmed only a few hours. Oh, um, wow. And yeah, there was like a war basically breaking out around them as they're 
like just chilling at the pool uh, all day. And, you know, he didn't want to exploit that conflict, but Travel Channel had other ideas and they did. Mm. And I think that kind of soured him a little bit. But it, it was nominated for an Emmy Award. So, you know, it's art and commerce, you know, always sometimes uh-huh. at odds with one another. But yep, we're aware. So, How's yeah. that writer's strikes going? <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, I'm not well. So No Reservations was on from 05 to 12. So good wow. run there. And so he then did another short-lived 10-episode show, The Layover. So that ran from 2011 to 2013. And it was a cool conceit. Like each episode featured like an exploration of a city that can be undertaken within a layover of 24 to 48 hours. Very oh, cool. nice. Yeah. So that ran How for 20 episodes. How did I not know about that one? Yeah, that one was a little more unknown. So I thought I would mention it. But it's worth a look. I've watched it. And it's a cool, cool conceit. But then the one that he kind of ended on was Parts Unknown which was from 2013 to 2018 on CNN. And that one was kind of a culmination of everything he had learned and kind of focused on cuisines, but cultures and politics. And, uh, you know, Barack Obama was on the program in an episode in Vietnam. And that oh, right. was, yeah, I do remember that. Okay, yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, I forgot about the, oh, and that was really around. wild to watch that too. Because also crazy. at the time, I mean, we don't get political, but we do tend to lean a little bit more liberal. It was, but regardless of that, it was cool to see a politician like being chill, like just yeah. it wasn't. Like, obviously, Absolutely. I'm sure there's, like, some angle that they're working. But, like, right. it was just nice to see. Because also, Anthony Bourdain's the sort of person to call people out on bullshit. So Absolutely. That's why and- it's very interesting to see that and to kind of see them get along so well. Because they really did seem to. That's a thing, though, that he loved about. Because food brings people around of all creeds around a table. So I guess he kind of, he had another outlook on politics from his travels. He did make no secret of his contempt for Trump Mm -hmm. (laughs) on that interview with the bowl of noodles with Obama. So he was beginning to look a little bit like a one-man rebuttal of the ugly American (laughs) abroad. He says here he's proud of the fact that I've had as dining companions over the years, everybody from Communist functionaries, anti-Putin activists, cowboy stoners, Christian militia leaders, feminists, Palestinians and Israeli settlers to Ted Nugent. You like food and are reasonably nice at the table? You showed me hospitality when I travel. I will sit down with you and break bread. So that's That's like a really beautiful line. And oh, that makes me miss him even more. Just Mm -hmm. his words. I miss all this. I just want to point out like he in the Roadrunner documentary, he thought his adventure and entertainment segment of his life was over at 43. But that's kind of just when it began in his life. Everything took off and he was traveling 250 days a year. And he he thought art had to be suffering and did have a a wife and a a daughter that suffered because being on the road 250 days a year. How is one supposed to be a father when he was around? He was a great dad. So. Towards the end, he met Asia Argento, which was kind of the downfall, some would argue, but we're not here to pass judgment. She was an Italian actress, and he fell for her hard, and she got to, you know, direct some episodes of Parts Unknown, and things kind of went off the rails, like his crew 
who had been with him for so long kind of saw a difference in him. And I guess she was seen with another man the day before early June 2018. He was found in France. He had took his life. He was an adventurer. He, he wanted to explore the world, but he didn't really have anybody to do it with. And he had found his person and uh, we, we can only speculate. He was the one who did it, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, it really took a, a number on him but if he had only just waited through the night red like ugh, it's just so just to see on the roadrunner documentary the love and outpouring and the wall of notes and flowers in front of that first restaurant that i butchered <laughs> uh in front of that wall it really i was like crying he had such a profound impact on on people and inspired so many to you know food careers and travel and he really was the first celebrity rock star chef yeah so and i mean you know, like i will say yeah. there's other famous chefs obviously but like he yeah. had this like whole like cool vibe to him where he could walk in anywhere and just kind of bring out this other side of people where yeah. you kind of got to see this more real side. You got he wasn't afraid to go to like the grittier areas and to highlight the spots that you wouldn't think to go to, like you right. said. And yeah. I mean, as we know, like there's a lot of feelings when someone chooses to end their life. And um, also in our show notes, we're going to link some sources if anyone's feeling that way. Um, you know, please always reach out. You're not alone anything like that. And, you know, he just, he made a choice and it's unfortunate. And a lot of people are hurt. They're angry. They're sad. They're confused because we won't ever fully know what was going on in someone's mind as that's happening. I mean, there was this whole period where we lost him. I think it was around then that we lost Robin Williams too. And uh, who was the fashion designer? She oh, also, yeah. it oh, was shit. all so at once. And you see these people who we would think are so successful, but there are things going on in their lives, whether it's finding out some health issues or finding out like relationship stuff, mental illness, all these yeah. other things that we don't see as, you know, we don't get yeah. all the private view into their life. And yeah, that's what's heartbreaking about it because obviously if these people saw some of the things going on, like how much they were loved and things like that, you would hope that, but it's not our responsibility also to keep that from like, it's just a matter of finding help for yourself. We can't, you know, um, we can be there as much as we can, but yeah, it's a very difficult topic and it's, so awful to see someone like that it's it's difficult to see anybody go through mm-hmm. that and make that choice because yeah but it's can always change and things can always turn around and as much as that's an optimist point of view but we're a very optimistic podcast and no, we're a dopamine infused podcast right yeah and do. you're no one's alone um no, i mean we are not professionals in that regard so we will have some sources for people but Absolutely. also just say hi if you're feeling lonely like that's okay like hi we're here we love that for you absolutely <laughs> and, and anthony bourdain we love that for you what a legacy like the accolades i mean you don't have to have me tell you just look him up he has so many awards and nominations and celebrity admirers and we all are i i, I 
I challenge you to show me someone who doesn't love Anthony Bourdain, you know? So I just love how he inspired all of us, how he really took off. Like I said, I mean, he didn't, he didn't write anything until like 1993 and he was born in 1956. So you do the math. Like he, he really kind of flourished later in life. <laughs> Ended up his act too with the drugs and everything and this bad boy act really in, in 1988. So really... Even but this he was bad very well thing. spoken about it too, yeah. because uh, there's actually a documentary I highly recommend called, I think it's called Have a Nice Trip. And it's about psychedelics and things like that. And they have different celebrities on there, like Carrie Fisher, who also we lost as well. And Anthony Bourdain's on there. I highly recommend it because it gives a different perspective to also the experiences people go through. And like, uh, they even have like some people on there who talk about some of the benefits of things like that so that kind of opens up like a whole different conversation and he's having these conversations pretty openly too um and that was the thing he was somebody who was so open to like you said breaking bread and having conversations with people and and that's traveling the, the path love. less known like right I, I was just watching um i want to say yeah i watched some of the cooks tour stuff I, I went back and watched some no reservation stuff like this guy is like you'll find him anything from like killing a boar in a in the middle of a caribbean island that no one can get to except by like catamaran uh to you know breaking bread with barack obama uh in vietnam um just he's been to every corner of the of the planet and just the people it's all about the people and breaking bread and right, finding commonalities also, and expanding uh, your, yeah, just your brain. <laughs> right. But it's also bringing out, like he gave that by doing these crazy stories and doing all these other things, he's allowing other people to see parts of the world that we wouldn't be able to, because I mean, traveling is also a very privileged thing to be able to do. Um, yeah. It's not cheap, Mm-mm. but even, even if it's just getting out of your town to go see something, you know, just a little bit outside your norm, I think that's what he wanted people to do. Like, Absolutely. and he did it in a very extreme way where we're seeing, you know, as you said, uh, the Caribbean, Vietnam. Um, I know there was a great episode in Quebec. Um, yes. Where, yes, yes, yes. Oh, I love that episode. Like there's yeah. so, and, but he would go and have these experiences, but in a way it felt like you were having the experience along with him because he was, he was just so engaging and so like willing to pose the questions like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. And okay, I guess we're doing it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> onward and upward. Like even if you didn't want to, like on one of the episodes, like they're on a really rocky boat ride somewhere and he wants to like just die and puke, but he's there. He'll do it, and we'll go spear fishing um, just to get the the shot for you. I want to end with this quote: "Your body is not a temple; it's an amusement park. Enjoy the ride." Oh. That's very Anthony Bourdain. And there's it a whole is. list of thirty quotes that I'll put in the show notes from Anthony Bourdain. Uh, you know, another one is: "Travel is about the gorgeous feeling of teetering in the unknown." It's just, there's so many awesome ones in here um, and it just makes me miss them again. But again, we love that for you, Anthony Bourdain, and you've inspired so many people and you are and were loved. And so are you listeners. So thank you for listening. And anything else, Red? No, just uh, definitely check out those resources we put into our show notes. And just remember, like Kelly said, we love you guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for joining us on I Love That For You. Our theme song is by Vaudeville and used with permission. Our cover art is by Jenny Lamb, edited to the best of our abilities by Kelly and Red. If you want us to spotlight someone, have questions, or just want to say hi, email us at ilovethatforyoupod at gmail.com or join us on Instagram at ilovethatforyoupod to join the love fest and see what else we get up to. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever else you listen. We appreciate all your love, and if you want to help support the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. This helps us spread the love and reach more people. Thanks for listening. We love you. Be open to experience. Be willing to try new things. Don't have a rigid plan. Accept random acts of hospitality without judgment or fear. Don't be afraid to wander. Don't be afraid to eat a bad meal. You know, if you don't risk the bad meal, you'll never get the magical one. But I think most important, you know, be humble, be grateful. Be aware of the fact that you are probably the stupidest person in the room. As far as you are the least prepared, least equipped person to know who's really in charge and what's really going on. The world is filled with people doing the best they can, you know, just like everybody else.